This is really, this is one of the worst things I've seen come out of the House of Representatives. The House voted Tuesday to censor the only Palestinian American serving in Congress. Democrat Rashida Tlaib has been censured for comments she made in the wake of the October 7th massacre of 1,400 Israelis by Hamas. The motion to censure accuse Congresswoman Tlaib of using the phrase, quote, from the river to the sea, which the Jewish Anti-Defamation League says is an anti-Semitic slogan that calls for the elimination of the Jewish state of Israel. The motion to censure focused on a statement Congresswoman Tlaib uh, issued right after the massacre. And they're accusing her of justifying terrorism with the following statement. Let me go full screen. This is why they censured her. I grieve with the Palestinian and Israeli lives lost yesterday, today and every day. I am determined as ever to fight for a just future where everyone can live in peace without fear and with true freedom, equal rights and human dignity. The path to that future must include lifting the blockade, ending the occupation, and dismantling the apartheid system that creates the suffocating, dehumanizing conditions that can lead to resistance. The failure to recognize the violent reality of living under siege, occupation, and apartheid makes no one safer. No person, no child anywhere should have to suffer or live in fear of violence. We cannot ignore the humanity in each other as long as our country provides billions in unconditional funding to support the apartheid government. This heartbreaking cycle of violence will continue. You may disagree with the congresswoman. You may not like her use of the word apartheid. You may not like the fact that she found a reason she calls the attack resistance as opposed to terrorism. She is a United States Congresswoman. She has every right to make a statement like that. If you're Jewish American, I urge you to donate to Rashida Tlaib. She represents the Dearborn part of Michigan. They are going to come after her. APAC is going to come after her. And if you're a Jewish American, you owe it to this country and Israel and the people of Gaza to donate to Rashida Tlaib. She should not be censured for speaking out, speaking her truth. It's the United States Congress. This is one of the, you may not agree with everything she has to say, but this is America and nobody should be censured for speaking their truth. This is disgraceful. The vote to censure Rashida Tlaib uh, was 234 to 188. Only four Republicans voted against it. 22 Democrats joined her, joined in her censure. 22 Democrats telling it APAC, they're going to come after her. So if you're, uh, you donate to Rashida Tlaib, we need to hear all voices, whether you agree with them or don't. Congresswoman Tlaib said she is critical of the Israeli government, but not the Jewish people. She then said, 
They were debating this before the censure. And she said, quote, I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. The cries of the Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me, unquote. I'll have more about the Israel-Hamas war at the end of this program. I urge all of you, especially Jewish Americans, to donate to Rashida Tlaib. You may not agree with everything she's saying. It has to be heard. She should not be censured, and they are going to come after her. Well, then, we are getting some good news out of the state of Virginia. Uh, Yesterday was Election Day, and I think this is big. Uh, Democrats have taken control of the Virginia House of Delegates and have kept control of the Virginia Senate. This is a major setback for Republicans, especially the Republican governor, Greg Youngkin, hedge fund prick, who for some reason thought he was going to run for president in 2024. But now he's up against divided government in a state that has just rejected his far right stance on social issues like his plan to initiate a 15 week abortion ban with some exceptions. I'll talk more about this later on in the show. We have election results in Ohio and Kentucky, where abortion was definitely on the ballot yesterday. This is the mop up for November 8th, 2023. I'm David Feldman. Please like this episode, share it via email and social media, leave a comment, and of course, subscribe to my channel and donate to Rashida Tlaib. If you're an American citizen, especially if you're a Jewish American citizen, I strongly urge you to donate to Rashida Tlaib. Her voice must be heard. She should never have been censured for speaking her truth. The Supreme Court signaled on Tuesday it's not keen. The Supreme Court says it's not keen on allowing domestic abusers to be allowed to buy guns. Well, finally, the court ruled. They finally ruled uh, something. They finally ruled that they they made a ruling that's pro-life. Took long enough. They finally made a pro-life ruling. All right. The Democratic... Uh, where am I? I lost the thread here. Oh, Ohio. It looks like Ohio. I, the last time I checked, Ohio voted to legalize pot. But it doesn't matter. No matter how high you get, Cleveland is still going to be Cleveland. The, where am I? Uh, okay. And they voted yes to enshrine a woman's right to an abortion in their state constitution. Good work on that, uh, Ohio. I'll have more on that. The uh, Democratic governor of the deep red state of Kentucky has sailed to victory. I'll have more on that in a second. And uh, this is kind of sweet. Donald Trump was feeling sorry for Rudy Giuliani, so let him join the legal team on Tuesday for some pickup work so America's mayor could settle his bar tab at the Olive Garden. He looks okay, Rudy. Right, far right. Looks pretty good. Okay. By the way, Rudy, poor Rudy. Uh, he owes eighty-four thousand dollars in unpaid property taxes on his four million dollar Palm Beach condo, and unless he pays up by spring of next year, he was told yesterday by the tax man 
He's going to lose his $4 million condo. And things were going so well for him. And then something like this happens. Hey, on hand yesterday to watch Charles deliver his very first King's speech before the House of Parliament was Charles' dear papa, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. I think he looks okay, Prince Philip, considering he's <laughs> hasn't been with us for three years. Uh, Ivanka Trump prepares for today's testimony by spending eight hours in the makeup chair so she can look like this instead of like that. That It's amazing, isn't it, what a little makeup can do? This is a little rouge, a little eyeliner, and she doesn't look like that anymore because that's what she really looks like. This is Ivanka before hair and makeup, after hair and makeup. Before hair and makeup, after hair and makeup. This is the mop-up for November 8th, 2023. I'm David Feldman. Please like this so I remain in your feed. Share it via email and social media like Facebook. Leave a comment. Tell me that you uh, donated to Rashida Tlaib if you're an American citizen. Tell me that you donated to Rashida Tlaib. This should backfire on Republicans. This should be, this censure should bring in a cash haul for her. This is when you support Rashida Tlaib. Donate to Rashida Tlaib right now, then leave a comment uh, telling us that you donated. Subscribe to my channel and my newsletter. Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka, takes the stand today in the big civil fraud trial where the Trump organization has already been found guilty of defrauding banks, insurers, and the Internal Revenue Service. The Deutsche Bank representative assigned to the Trump Organization once described Ivanka Trump as the brains of the operation, which is kind of like being Nickelback's best lyricist. It has been rumored that had Ivanka not married Jared and gone off and made her own life, Donald Trump wanted to put her in charge of the entire operation. Ivanka worked for the Trump Organization for 10 years and then quit the Trump Organization to work inside the Trump White House alongside her husband, Jared. During that four-year period, Ivanka and Jared refused to take a salary from the federal government. But according to their financial disclosures, they earned $640 million in outside income while they were working in the White House. That's what they admit to in their financial disclosures. And we all know how honest the Trumps are when it comes to their financial disclosures. It is generally agreed that they're earning $640 million while working in the White House violates every single ethics rule ever written. If you recall, the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, had included Ivanka in this original civil lawsuit. But then Ivanka hired attorneys who were separate from her father and her two brothers. And those attorneys were able to convince an appellate judge back in June that Ivanka had nothing to do with preparing financial statements for the Trump Organization. And so they severed her from this trial. But... Because the scale of the fraud 
turned out to be much larger than anyone could have ever imagined, New York State Attorney General Letitia James demanded that Ivanka be put on the stand, testify, since it's almost impossible to believe that someone so close to her father and brothers couldn't have helped orchestrate or at the very least participated in his company's financial irregularities. So she's testifying today. This could be big. This could be big. There are three things to watch for during today's testimony. First question, what was the role Ivanka played in securing a lease from the federal government to build the Trump Hotel inside Washington, D.C.'s old post office building that opened right around the time Trump was inaugurated and closed uh, right after the insurrection. It is believed that to secure a lease from the federal government, the Trump organization had to prepare a financial statement proving they had enough money to guarantee that the hotel would be able to pay the government for the lease in a timely manner, no matter what kind of revenue stream the hotel was bringing in. It just closed, right? So uh, there's no guarantee a Trump hotel is going to have a revenue stream. So Ivanka reportedly arranged for that lease and supposedly signed the financial documents that were delivered to the federal government when the Trump organization applied for that lease in the old post office building in Washington, D.C., so they could build their hotel. So how inaccurate were those financials? I think she's going to be asked that today. How inaccurate were those financial statements? Did Ivanka sign those financials? Did she know what she was signing? Before, become, before becoming president, Trump had only one lender willing to give him money, and that was Deutsche Bank. In testimony earlier in this trial, we learned that Deutsche Bank insisted that Trump's real estate portfolio could not drop below $2.5 billion. Otherwise, he would be considered a bigger risk and therefore would be forced to pay higher interest rates on the loans he had already taken out and he would not be allowed to borrow any more money from them, like to buy the Buffalo Bills. It is believed that Trump's real estate portfolio dipped to as low as $1 billion, perhaps even less, which would automatically change the terms of his loans with Deutsche Bank. But Trump seems to have kept that information hidden from Deutsche Bank. That would be fraud. It is also believed that the point person inside the Trump organization when it came to dealing with Deutsche Bank was Ivanka. So we should expect the attorney general's office today to ask Ivanka about her relationship with the bank 
and the role she played in preparing the financial statements that were provided by the Trump organization to Deutsche Bank. A question I I would hope they're going to ask the princess is, did you know that your father's portfolio, his real estate portfolio, dipped below the requisite $2.5 billion? Remember, Deutsche Bank said if his properties end up being worth worth less than $2.5 billion, then the terms of his loans change because he's a bigger risk. Bigger risk, higher interest rates. Okay? Did she try to hide that information from Deutsche Bank? Did you know that your father's real estate portfolio dipped below $2.5 billion, possibly as low as a billion? Did you know that? And did you keep that hidden from Deutsche Bank since you were the Trump Organization's point person with that lender? That will be a question I suspect she will be asked. Is she aware that hiding risk from lenders in order to ensure lower interest rates is fraud? Okay, Donald Trump and Eric and Don Jr., when they go before the bank of microphones, say, we paid back our loans. Yes, you did, but you hid the risk, which means you saved, it was estimated $140 million on interest that you should have been charged because you hid the risk. This is what we're learn- I'm learning about lending the, the bigger the risk you are, the higher the interest rates for the loan. I, I know nobody cares about banks, but they sell money. They sell money based on risk. So when, uh, this expert testified that because Donald Trump misled the banks on the Doral in Miami, Mar-a-Lago, uh, uh, Trump Tower and 40 Wall Street, Because he inflated the value of these properties, he was able to save something like $160 million on interest because he inflated the value of these properties. The bank said, oh, he's not a risk. You charge him less interest. Uh, I know this is confusing. I don't even now I don't understand it. All I know is if you have a lot of money. Your, your credit card interest is lower, right? If you have no money, if you're a risk, you pay 30% on your credit card debt. But if you're rich, I don't know, 18, 17, 16%, 10%, I don't know. It's all about risk. So Trump was hiding his risk. He was a risky loan and he ripped just because you pay back the loan it doesn't mean you're you're not defrauding the banks you were paying back a loan on very low interest rates uh, that you shouldn't not have been paying you should have been paying higher interest rates you were ripping off the banks i know poor any look they got capone on taxes any way you can get these mfers so ivanka did you try to hide this information from Deutsche Bank. That's fraud. 
Are you, unlike your father and two brothers, are you aware that hiding risk from lenders in order to get lower interest rates, are you aware that that is fraud? Are you aware that tricking a bank into lending you money at 3% instead of 7% is fraud? Just because you pay back the loan at 3% doesn't mean you didn't defraud the lender because you should have been paying the bank 7%. Are you aware that that is fraud? There's also the issue of the, now I understand it. Now, now it's clear. The, there's also the issue of the purchase of the Doral Hotel in Miami, where according to Forbes magazine, Ivanka blatantly inflated the size of that property as well as what it was worth. She deflated the interest rates on the loans. When she talked to Forbes magazine, she lied about the interest rates on the loans taken out to, to buy the place. She did all this in order to make her father appear much wealthier than he actually is. So they would put him on Forbes 400, 400 richest people, right? Big thing to get for Trump to get on Forbes 400 richest. When he was trying to buy the Buffalo Bills, he said, you don't need to see my tax returns. Look, I'm in Forbes. He would use Forbes if he made if he made Forbes 400, he would use that as his financials. And Forbes vets, they take this very seriously. And uh, so she was, will, according to Forbes, she was willing to lie to them about the value of the Doral, how much they owed on the Doral. She left out about $110 million uh, that she didn't tell Forbes that they owed $110 million on the property. She lied on what the interest rate was. She tried to present it at a lower interest rate that they were paying. So it would look like the organization had a bigger cash flow. So according to Forbes, she knows how to lie. And finally, there's the issue of a Park Avenue apartment that she lived in that was owned by the Trump Organization. She was given an opportunity to purchase this apartment for $8.5 million, $8.5 million. And that is significantly lower than the inflated value of $21 million that it was listed in Trump's financial statements. OK, so you borrow against your properties. So you say, look, I have an apartment. It's worth twenty one million dollars. So lend me ten million and I'll use this twenty one million dollar apartment as collateral. But it wasn't worth twenty one million dollars because they Ivanka was given an opportunity to purchase it for eight point five million. It's his daughter. Maybe he, he knocked off half a million off the price. Are you aware of that? Are you aware that the apartment you were going to purchase, that you were going to be sold for $8.5 million, was listed in the financials as being worth $21 million? Are you aware of that? It is also, but, and that's fraud. And if you're an officer in the company and you're aware that the financials are fraudulent, 
and you don't report it, you're liable. It is also believed that Ivanka Trump might have misled the New York State Attorney General and the judge when she got her name severed from this trial when she claimed to no longer be associated with the Trump organization after she joined the White House. This, I think, is where she really gets tripped up. And this, she may, this, she may have perjured herself when she went before an appeals judge back in June to get her name taken off this civil suit. She said, I'm not part of the Trump organization anymore. I moved to Florida. I don't live in New York. I don't do business in New York, and I don't do business with the Trump organization. There is reason to believe Ivanka is still involved in the Trump organization. So pay attention to the questioning today on that. If Ivanka gets tripped up and admits to still being part of the Trump organization, she could be folded back into this lawsuit, which is what New York State Attorney General Letitia James wants. And perhaps she could be charged with perjury when she told the judge back in June that she had nothing to do with the Trump organization. The attorney general's office has reportedly subpoenaed Ivanka's most recent credit card statements. Some are now reporting that these credit card statements will reveal she is still very much involved with the Trump organization and is doing business in New York. It is suggested that Ivanka's credit cards, her taxes, her household staff and other amenities are either paid for or managed by the Trump organization. If that comes out during today's testimony, it could be devastating for her. And if it's devastating for her, it's devastating for the Trump organization. Again, back in June, when the state appeals court severed Ivanka from this trial, they did so for two reasons. They felt that the statute of limitations on her involvement with the Trump organization had run out and that she had nothing to do with the Trump organization when the banks, insurers and government were defrauded and they were defrauded. Judge Arthur Engeron has already ruled that Trump, the two brothers, are guilty of fraud. And the only reason for the rest of this trial is to determine how much to fine Donald Trump. Because Letitia James thinks the original number, $250 million, that fine is way too low. Okay? So, Ivanka has done everything she can to avoid Tuesday's testimony, uh, tomorrow's testimony. Unlike Don Jr. and Eric, she doesn't need her father. Her husband, Jared, just secured two billion illegal dollars from the Saudis that they've handed over to his investment firm. That should be investigated 
but uh, they've got money. And this couple, Ivanka and Jared, they've made it clear they are distancing themselves not just from politics, but everything to do with Donald Trump. She wants out. So what will be her game today? What, what's her game today? You know, we like to believe that somebody like her and Jared are smart. We, you know, that's how the Trumps get away with all this shit. They, 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 can, they must know something, right? Uh, it's a confidence game. They have confidence. That's, that's why it's called a confidence game. They appear confident and they're able to rip you off. So the thing to remember, Jared Kushner is stupid. He's stupid. His father had to spend something like $3 million to build a library to get him into Harvard. He's stupid. She's stupid. Everyone thinks they got the best attorney in New York for her. But even the greatest attorney in New York can't save stupid. Now, I honestly believe that Ivanka has no moral or ethical center. How could she? Look at how she was raised. She was working inside the White House while breaking every ethics law under the book. Every ethics law you can imagine. She was uh, getting uh, patents filed in China. It, it was, I think when it comes to ethics and financial irregularities, I think when you get her on the stand, she won't even know which lies to tell. So her best bet at this point is tell the truth as best as your enfeebled mind can interpret it. That's the best bet for her because... Uh, she doesn't need her father. She doesn't need to protect her father, her, her idiot brothers. She doesn't need to lie today. She doesn't need to insist that the Trump organization is a great business. We know it's not. Her best option is just tell the truth. If she tries to get her story straight with her dad's story and tries to make sure that her events match up with her idiot brothers, she's in a world of hurt because she has a different attorney. She doesn't have Don Sr.'s attorneys. Eric and Don Jr. do so they can get their story straight. She went off the reservation I think you're not allowed to say that anymore. She went rogue. I think you can say rogue. You're not allowed to say off the reservation. I apologize. She she freelanced. Her father's her father and brothers have already lost this case. Based on Trump's behavior during Monday's testimony, there is no way he wins this on appeal. Based on Donald Trump's behavior during Monday's testimony, there is absolutely no way he will win this on appeal. The Trump organization is going to be dissolved. The properties will be put into receivership and then sold off. And her father 
and her two idiot brothers are going to lose their licenses to conduct business in New York. And on top of that, the state attorney general wants the Trump organization, wants Donald Trump, wants the brothers to pay a $250 million fine. But as I just said, Letitia James, the state attorney general, is going to ask for far, far more than $250 million because when she came up with $250 million, it was before the discovery phase of the trial. And during the discovery phase of the trial, uh, it was revealed that the Trump organization engaged in a level of fraud that Letitia James said was, quote unquote, staggering beyond anything she had imagined. Not $250 million worth of fraud, but perhaps in the billions. So Ivanka's exit strategy from Trump world does not include being pulled back into this sordid mess the mess that is her father, the mess of being beholden to her father. Now, maybe we'll be surprised. And her testimony, I think I have something in my eye. Uh, uh, maybe we'll be surprised. And her testimony will be uneventful. But if you're looking forward to Donald Trump being in pain later tonight, emotional pain. If you're looking for him to be scared, angry, going on Truth Social and writing in all caps that Judge Arthur Engeron is a Marxist, socialist, Nazi fascist, uh, then I think today's testimony might be fruitful and perhaps the most damaging we've heard in this trial so far. Remember, she threw her daddy under the bus before the January 6th committee. She, she, she said something that's unforgivable. She said, I agree with Attorney General Bill Barr. There's no evidence of election fraud. So she talks out of both sides of her ass. On January 6th, she tweeted to the insurrectionists, we love you, you're patriots, and then she deleted it. In the lead up to January 6th, she was saying there was evidence of voter fraud, but when she was put under oath and testified before the January 6th committee, she said, no, there was no evidence of voter fraud. Ivanka, and by the way, I don't know if I showed you this, this is her after hair and makeup, and this is Ivanka before hair and makeup, just so people know. It's just amazing. After hair and makeup, before hair and makeup. Is that amazing what a little eyeliner can do? Which one is that? That's, that's Ivanka after hair and makeup. Ivanka is 42. Her parents divorced when she was nine. She attended Georgetown and then finished up her undergrad at the University of Pennsylvania, where she majored in economics. 
raised a Presbyterian, Ivanka, in order to marry Jared, converted to Orthodox Judaism, and the couple makes love through a hole in the same sheet her father wears at his KKK rallies. That's true. Before working in the White House, Ivanka said she was uh, pro-choice. But during her father's campaign, she insisted she was pro-life. She talks out of both sides of her ass. But last year, after the three Supreme Court justices her father appointed, after those three goons helped overturn Roe v. Wade, several of Ivanka's teenage friends, some friends from her childhood, went public to say they helped Ivanka through two abortions that she needed while being a teenager. Why the silence, Ivanka? That's from her friends who she grew up with. Well, abortion was on the ballot in Ohio on Tuesday, and voters approved a measure to enshrine abortion into the state's constitution. Uh, A woman's right to bodily autonomy passed overwhelmingly yesterday in Ohio. This is big. This is big because Ohio used to be a swing state when it comes. Sherrod Brown is a Democratic senator. They, They still have Democrats who they send to the House. But in presidential politics, Ohio is a lost cause. It's no longer a swing state like Florida. The Democrats have kind of written it off. It's it's almost deep red. But abortion won big in Ohio yesterday. And uh, according to exit polls, this is kind of interesting, 61% of female voters in Ohio favored the right to an abortion, while 54% of men did so as well. Okay? Now, the Washington Post points out that this seven-point gender gap is smaller than Ohio's gender gap in 2020 when the number of female voters for Joe Biden exceeded the number of male voters for Joe Biden by 12 points. I don't understand my notes. Does that make any sense? I jotted, I was reading the Washington Post and I jotted, does that make any sense? There's a gender gap on how men and women in Ohio viewed abortion, right? 61% of females voted in favor of abortion yesterday, while only 54% of men, and that's the gender gap. It's a what, a a 7% gender gap. But uh, the number of male voters, these are numbers. Nobody's interested in numbers, David. Anyway, the gender gap was bigger with Biden. It was a 12-point gender gap with uh, women liked Joe Biden in Ohio more than men did. That's okay. All right. So excited about Ivanka destroying the Trump organization today. All right. So we don't want to talk about these numbers. This is stuff you should read. It shouldn't be yelled at. 
I shouldn't be yelling this stuff at you. I, I just started reading my notes, and I didn't even know what I was reading. Well, the point is abortion was on the ballot in last year's midterms, and it was on the ballot, obviously, in Ohio, and many think it was on the ballot in Kentucky yesterday, a deep red state that Trump carried by 24 points in 2020, where the incumbent Democratic Governor Andy Bashir sailed easily towards re-election yesterday, right? This is Kentucky, Rand Paul, Mitch McConnell. This is a deep, deep red, Kentucky red grass. I mean, this is as red as you get, but they have a Democratic governor, Andy Bashir, who got reelected yesterday by a big margin, possibly because abortion was on the ballot. Kentucky has one of the strictest abortion laws in the nation. They make no exceptions in the case of rape or incest. And Bashir defeated uh, Kentucky State Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who has come out strongly in favor of Kentucky's strict abortion law, right? Republican Cameron uh, lost. He was backed by Donald Trump, so that makes it even sweeter. Andy Bashir was reelected by making this race about abortion. Last year, Kentucky rejected an initiative like Kansas did. They rejected an initiative that would have changed the state constitution to say a woman's right to an abortion is not guaranteed. Okay, they rejected that last year. The voters said, no, we don't want that in our constitution. So even in a deep red state like Kentucky, a woman's right to an abortion is something voters hold dear. And yet the law is still in effect. But this bodes well for Democrats next year in the 2024 elections, because one of the stark differences between the two parties is Democrats favor a woman's right to choose Republicans are so far beyond that. If you listen to Speaker Mike Johnson, he's talking covenant marriages and getting rid of no-fault divorces. Biden's poll numbers are, I don't believe these poll numbers. I don't believe 22% of black people and something like 27% of Hispanics are voting for Trump. I don't believe it. Uh, and, and I think that Biden's poll numbers, uh, they look bad. Another poll came out today. I think it was CNN. Uh, it was bad, but Americans are eventually going to remember that when you elect a president, you're also picking the Supreme court. Does anyone want Donald Trump picking more justices? Yeah. You know, and it's not just on the Supreme court, but the lower courts, I think today, or yesterday, Biden got his 150th judge appointed and approved. It's a lot. He's getting a lot of judges approved. That's like a silent coup when you get your judges approved. So you want Biden reelected. Had Hillary won in 2016, and then assuming she was reelected in 2020, she would have picked four out of nine of our Supreme Court justices. Four out of nine 
of our Supreme Court justices would have been picked by Hillary. Roe v. Wade would not have been overturned. All right, how are we doing here? You're listening to The Mop-Up for November 8th, 2023. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to donate to Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. You may not agree with her. You may not agree with her choice of words, but every congressperson has a right to speak their truth and not be censured for it. And she is for Medicare for all. She's for the PRO Act. She's for raising the minimum wage. She's for abortion. She's for everything we want. So you may not agree with how she parses sentences. She should not have been censured. We need her in the House of Representatives. Donate to Rashida, if you're an American citizen, donate to Rashida Tlaib. She must not be silenced. All right, I'm going to talk about the war. So you may want to turn this off. And I I try to be balanced here. Uh, Okay, we're now in our 32nd day of the Israel-Hamas war. One month after the deadliest attack on Israel, Israeli soil, medical officials say that of the 1,400 Israelis killed by Hamas, so far only 834 bodies have been identified. Hundreds of bodies have yet to be identified, with many of the victims' remains still being discovered. It's been more than 30 days since that attack. Israel's ground offensive seems to have entered a second stage as troops and tanks are now surrounding the northern part of Gaza, cutting the strip in half as Israel attempts to tighten a noose around Gaza City, that's in the north, has a population of about 750,000, and uh, it's where Hamas is headquartered. For weeks, the Israel the Israeli military has urged those living in northern Gaza, especially the people of Gaza City, to move south so Israel could focus on the 40,000 Hamas soldiers hiding in their subterranean infrastructure that make up hundreds of miles of tunnels in and around Gaza City. While America, the United Nations, and most of the world is warning Israel that reoccupying Gaza would be a mistake, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said after Hamas is defeated, he anticipates Israel will play some sort of security role temporarily in Gaza. Israel occupied Gaza. They pulled out I think it was in 2005, they dragged 9,000 settlers, Israeli settlers, out with them, kicking and screaming. And uh, so they haven't been in Gaza. They've been bombing Gaza, but the tanks, the soldiers have not been in Gaza since, I think, 2005. 
Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, took to the airwaves Tuesday night and said no to a ceasefire and said Israel will not stop until Hamas is eliminated. Israel's chief military spokesman said yesterday, he said that Hamas is mistaken and should stop thinking there's ever going to be a ceasefire. He said there is no ceasefire. He said this doesn't end until Hamas is eliminated. So far, only four of the nearly 260 hostages taken by Hamas have been released. It is now estimated that more than 10,000 Palestinians have been killed since fighting began, nearly half of them children. Half of them children. 1.5 million Palestinians living in Gaza have been uprooted from their homes in the past month. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, a socialist from Portugal, who we should listen to. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. He gave this assessment on Tuesday. This is what he said, quote, Ground operations by the Israel Defense Forces and continued bombardment are hitting civilians, hospitals, refugee camps, mosques, churches, and UN facilities, including shelters. No one is safe. At the same time, Hamas and other militants use civilians as human shields and continue to launch rockets indiscriminately towards Israel. That's everything I read and try to understand. That is a, I think, is a perfect summation of the situation. From the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. This is, this is his assessment. I'm going to read it again. Because I think this is exactly what's going on. Uh, ground operations by the Israel Defense Forces and continued bombardment are hitting civilians, hospitals, refugee camps, mosques, churches, and UN facilities, including shelters. No one is safe. At the same time, Hamas and other militants use civilians as human shields and continue to launch rockets indiscriminately towards Israel. Now, I know that what he just said there, people hear what they want to hear. But that's an objective assessment. And how do we fix this? How do we solve it? I think we listen to the UN. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Uh, and give to Rashida Tlaib. This, this should be a... Let's turn... 
something negative into a positive. What, she should be bringing in a lot of cash because of this censure. Find out who Rashida Tlaib is. And uh, we need her in Congress. Okay? So give to Rashida Tlaib. Um, I think we're going to have a good day today. I, 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 uh, I kind of predicted how Trump was going to testify. I didn't think he'd misbehave as poorly as he did, but he kind of came out of it unscathed in that he spun it the way he needed to spin it for the uh, court of public opinion. He did pretty much what I thought he was going to do. I didn't think he'd be that that insane. I think... I'm hoping, I'm hoping people are going to be stunned by Ivanka. That, that it's going to be a, a, people are just going to go, oh my God. It's just going to be horrible for her and the entire family. Because subconsciously, she knows where her mother's buried. A marked grave at a Bedminster low-rent country club. I think she's ready to throw daddy under the bus and save her own ass. So I think she's going to trip up subconsciously and tell the truth. And then, as Howard Cosell used to say, down goes Trump. I think let's all pray. That, that 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 that's how it ends today, where we're just going. I like I I I'm hoping we're actually feeling sorry for Donald Trump, Eric, and Don Jr. Or I'd be pretending to be feeling sorry for them. I think this is going to be an interesting day. Uh, I do. And uh, if you want uh, good karma, you will donate to Rashida Talib. You will give money. To Rashida Tlaib. Thank you all for listening to me. Thank you for the comments that you you give me. You correct me. I do uh, make mistakes. Sometimes I misspeak. Like I just like there's a Freudian slip that comes out. But sometimes I get my facts wrong, and I appreciate the corrections. And if they're important corrections, I will uh, start the show with them because uh, a lot of these subjects I'm in over my head uh, so if I got something wrong please let me know please like this so I stay in your feed please share it with uh, your friends please subscribe to my newsletter I almost put the newsletter out today please subscribe to this channel thank you to the mods Bob and the chat room and we started at 12.05 today, but no poll. I thought, I can take another 10 minutes and do a poll. Why don't you start at 12.05? All right. What do I have here? Do I have anything good? I have some new stuff that's good. No, not that. Um, I liked... What did I do? This was good. Hang on. I got, but I got some stuff that I didn't have time... Like, I thought this was good today. 
Hang on. Prince Philip. Uh, showing, <laughs> showing up for King Charles's speech. I would do that for my son. I thought that was good. There was another one. A oh, Rudy showing up. Uh, that makes no sense. All right, that's no good. And there was one other one. Oh, Ivanka before hair and makeup. Before and after. Before and after. Thank you, everybody. I'll see, uh, see you tomorrow at 12.05 a.m. I have a feeling it's going to be a great day. And by great day, a horrible day for the Trumps. 